0: <laughs> so, yeah. speaking of VPNs, hey, um, Alyssa and Desi, are you guys still here? Yeah, we're yeah. still here. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Um, yeah. Yo, so, um, I want to take a little break from the news to, to discuss um, what y'all have been working on because I've been I've been looking at it. Um, both of you have been tweeting out your progress on various aspects of exploiting uh, Pulse VPNs. Um, do you want to, uh, I guess, tell us a little bit about that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess props first. Uh I mean Orange and Med did really good work with like this research. So but just moving off this, there's a whole bunch of different stuff that we figured out like that you can do with this. And honestly Alyssa <laughs> she's the one who got me interested. So <laughs> Well do you guys yeah. wanna
0: I guess um talk a little bit about what the VPN is and uh the, the history of the Volms and your exploit development?
2: And a little bit about who you are too. Like oh yeah,
0: that
1: too. <laughs> <laughs> she can go first
3: (laughs) no it's fine i mean just go ahead
1: fine so i'm a red teamer based out of houston i get bored as well not sure if i can say that but (laughs) i get bored a lot yes you can say it yeah i get bored as so (laughs) it's i mean this vpn is used in a whole bunch of different places i mean it's Let's see, we found it in DOD. Um, I think it was Department of State too, Army, uh, where else?
3: Banks, universities. Um, Hospitals and yep. government
1: contractors that we can't name.
3: Uh, insurance companies and things like that too.
1: And it's, I mean, it's, it's a VPN that allows you to do a whole bunch of different stuff, like looking at the options or anything, you can literally set up like VMware sessions with it. You can do remote desktops. So like virtual desktops that you can log into or a whole bunch of different stuff for like thin clients and crap. Or, you know, of course, your VPN ship. But the issue is it's like, it's, the most part, there's a few things that are secure, but it's like, after one issue, you just branch off to multiple others and just snowballs. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely.
2: But. So-
0: Um, Do you want to tell us a little bit about, um, I guess, the vuln chain that you are using? Because I I saw uh, on Twitter various uh, screenshots and and little GIFs of of what you're working on. But do you want to describe to people what your, the process of, of, I guess, chaining together different vulnerabilities and what they were throughout the process?
2: (laughs) Melissa?
3: I mean, if I talk a uh, little bit more or less the exploit chain started off with basically the fact that you can arbitrarily download. Oh, with...
1: nope. Audio count? Or is it just mean? I think I'll do it. Are
0: there?
4: Are you there? Hello? You...
1: No, I can go ahead and discuss it then. So essentially, the... Arbitrary File Download and uh, Inclusion, uh, which is 510 Um, You can basically download any system file on, like, the VPN server itself. Yeah. And due to some godforsaken reason, they decided to, steer, to store creds and plain text, hashes, and a whole bunch of stuff, like session IDs yep. in a binary file. So you can literally take that and then get logged into the admin dashboard. So let's say you have admin access. Well, part of the built-in functionality of it is startup scripts. You know, like some companies want to actually be able to mount like shares and stuff whenever you log into the VPN for remote work. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it's like they'll set a batch script to you know to run or a uh, you know Linux uh, bash script or something for OS X. I think it's not a bash script, but <laughs> oh, her internet cut out. Message right? um but you you can basically use the functionality out of that and take it from there. So it's like let's say you know you like in our demonstration we use Cobalt Strike. I literally just set up a PowerShell payload just for testing and throw an SMB server on the internet. <laughs> and the thing is, it doesn't. You don't have to have it on the same network. To be honest. Say, oh hey, throw this IP in there. It's so you to connect out to it, download the file next to it. So oh yeah, you know, there's numerous. Vectors for like injection and crap. Go ahead.
0: Hey, hello. Sorry, I think we might have cut out a little tiny bit. Oops. Did I cut? No, I think I I may have personally oh, okay. when I was. But Elisa just got back into the room. Yeah. Yeah. There?
3: Yeah. No.
0: But, um, so,
1: what were you going to say?
3: Um,
0: oh, um, so you were able to download files. And now, with well, what were you using, I guess, or how were you um, getting, I guess, code execution with this?
1: So, client side code execution, we just use the functionality that was built into it, mm-hmm. um, like batch scripts and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, like, I just used a batch script and then basically uh, threw a PowerShell in it. <laughs> But you can okay. use anything like WMI exec or um, you know MSHDA, you know numerous tools like any red teamer could come up with. It's like okay, hey, I'm just gonna use this. Download an XML file, compile it, and you know execute code. Or because like I'm in my testing, I use Silent Trinity as well uh, as well as like Trevor C2 because Trevor. Um, so I mean anything you you know any command you can run on Windows, you could just run a bat script, put it in an SMB server. And modify the session start and just bring down that. So then, anyone who connects to the VPN isn't going to have that code executed. And they're not going to notice. I mean, it's just a CMD prompt that pops up and goes away, like yeah, pretty quick. So I mean, it looks none the you know they're none the wiser because usually it does that anyway. Because like let's say you know it's mounting SMB shares or something. So that's a client-side execution. Um, you want to talk about the. Uh, code
3: execution on the uh, VPN itself, Melissa? Um, Sure. Uh, So on the, so on the mystery of panel, you have this option to run diagnostic through a TCP dump. Um. Essentially, we were essentially the vulnerability was focused on the fact that you can inject your own commands in that. And I think Desi could explain more of how this, how it more specifically works, um, Desi? Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I did have to get a little bit of help with the login logic. Um, do you mind if I actually post the GitHub link in the Twitch chat? No, go for it. So that way, if anyone wants to look at it. Um, essentially, it's so the command execution actually lies in how it processes Perl, because you can literally just face roll on a keyboard and it's Perl. So the way the code execution actually works is they're taking um, standard error and, and basically putting that out to a template file um, because setcody.cgi reads from a template file and then executes it. So essentially you are taking standard out, counting off the actual error part and your file name is actually the code that gets executed. Due to- That's the really cool. Yeah, no, Orange, whenever you figured out and I read it, I was like, wait, that's, that's genius because Perl, because literally you're taking standard error from you know, Linux know, like like, let's say, say you try to execute a file and it doesn't exist or something. Let's so say basically command file name colon does not exist. And essentially you're commenting out, with, that, out that out with the pound sign. So it just literally, it's just a go-to label at that point. It's command colon and then this. So essentially what you're doing is you're creating a go-to label in Perl and then you're actually executing that with a system called Perl. So the file name you set gets executed as, you know, by the Perl itself. So whenever you're actually outputting the standard to the file, you have to actually query uh, the setcookie.cgi. So the way the export works is it's literally, we're sending multiple things. And um, what's his name? Uh, I think it's Rich Warren from NCC. I saw, we saw the video and we realized but he was installing, you know, um, drop error, that's c statement. And you know, like, I was thinking to myself, you know, what if I can modify the SSH configuration files? So I was talking to one of our friends who, you know, helped us do the research on the exploits and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we basically figured out, hey, you could literally just r- overwrite the existing authorized key file and the SSH config and then just send a SIG hub to SSHD and kill it. And well, not really kill it, but restart it. And it would load the SSH config. So we literally, send the command to open the port to the internet, download the configs, overwrote mm. them, and restart SSH. And you could just log in as SSH, I mean, log in as root over SSH without having to pass so, so that's really
2: cool.
5: I've seen people do something similar with Redis for overwriting
1: the cron tasks. That's actually somewhat how I got the idea. Because I was thinking, you know, I could technically do this because all the command executions running as root, really. So anything you do is run as root, even though you can't really see it's running as root because for some reason they don't have ID or who am I installed in the box. So yeah. we, it's it was confusing. I was like, wait, is this running as root? Is it not? And the thing is, like, it's like, okay, you can get Etsy password, right? But there's no Etsy shadow. So it's like, whenever I try to get it the first time, I was like, wait, I guess I'm not rude because I can't get this. Anyone can get, the, you know, the Etsy password. And then I looked at the process, I was like, oh, there's, no a shadow. Okay, so I am running this root. I can just download anything I one. So got the idea, okay, you know, download files, make backups, copy over, overwrite, restart SSH. Did that, it worked, first try. And then of course, subsequent testing, it just keeps adding IP tables roles because there's no logic in it. But it's, it was a little bit interesting to make this exploit because the way they handle, like, uh, CSER, as well as like the actual payload, like, in that code, I had to literally get the URL and build a cookie out of like a hex encoded URL, which was interesting because they actually use that and um, a few other things like the Hexon token, which is the cross-site Caesar, and then the DS launch cookie, which is essentially, uh, trying to think of what it exactly is, but it's a hex encoded thing, and it needs that to actually execute the code for some reason, which I have no idea why, but I had to do that, get the cookie, and I mean, Rich Warren from NCC he actually helped with the logic to get that, and I was like, okay, I can figure this out and throw that in there. So essentially, you can just own the box by sending HTTP requests, which is insane, to be honest. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, that's a really cool um, little insight into the actual process of discovery and how to actually chain exploits together to do something like that, because that's that's really cool, and it's very widely used. So. Interesting to see the
1: uh, outcome. Honestly, I think there's still like 5,000 or so still vulnerable. I think. Um, Bad packets has been checking on. I actually don't know the current number right now, but basically, I mean, in fact, we actually got wind that like, I hate this term so fucking much, but APTs in China (laughs) were actually exploiting this shit. And I was like, you know, I wonder if they're using our code. So, probably. They probably probably are.
3: Yeah. I'm not uh, doubting it. <laughs> oh, Desi, there's, only, there's about 9,000 Um, still vulnerable to it. Batpak just recently tweeted out like how many are left. Oh,
1: geez.
0: Yeah. I mean, no, it gets scary I when you start to APT see. Wait, what?
4: If I was APT in China, then, yeah, I'd be using it. Anything oh, you yeah. right? Oh, I, I mean,
2: mean APT? Yeah, you get paid money to, to yeet exploits at, at boxes. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. might as well.
1: Basically. Ooh.
0: Thanks so much for sharing that with us. Um yeah. well, I, I was following that the saga of it, and you know, finally the, the write up came out, and then I was like, Oh, it's time to uh throw it into our notes. And I'm like, wait, I
1: can just DM you guys and say, hey, come on. I'm, so, I'm actually we're actually looking at the next one, um the buffer overflow um give me kind of how to top what ncc i did that i don't know if they're gonna release the code so we might have the buffer overflow for pulse secure as well i'll just drop it on github as well make a mass module out of it that's sick that's awesome
3: <laughs>
5: yeah
2: some real real dope work
5: it's just boredom
0: really
3: <laughs> yeah basically just like yeah, it's one
0: okay. of this thing's from People was up like, oh, I'm procrastinating. Here, let me
1: just write an exploit. <laughs> Speaking of grass, I got we um, Alyssa flew down here, and we were just procrastinating the whole time. It's like the last day she was here, we I just threw everything together. I was like, okay, it works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Well, thanks for stopping by, and um, you can feel free to um, uh, stay for the rest of the show, and you know, we'll uh, chat after too about other Sweet. stuff. Um, so yeah, um. Beautiful. So yeah, if anybody wants to check it out, I posted their Twitters and the GitHub is in the chat as well. If anybody wants to hit them up or uh use the code themselves um, to test their own work environment. (laughs) Um yeah, the uh next news story that we have here, um, it's pretty interesting. This ransomware gang had uh ransomware a city and they they asked for 5.3 million dollars. And the city luckily was able to just backup or restore from backups. But they had they had tried to give four hundred thousand dollars to the gang and they were like no and they ended up just rejecting the offer and uh restoring themselves. But five point three million dollars is a lot of money.
2: (laughs) Yeah
4: Uh, this is like a straight up like negotiation tactic. If you're trying to get a new job and you go into the interview you don't want to go too high but you know the the other yeah, start are high. Going to go up. You start high. You go down. Take the four hundred grand and let them get them for backups anyway. Yeah, yeah.
5: seriously.
4: I mean, don't it, you crime. The mistake like, there was
5: the mistake there was saying no to the four hundred thousand. You're not going to get five point three million. Yeah. I mean, even from a city like, wow. even for a, a relatively large city, still paying that much out to a ransom is ridiculous. Yeah, I,
2: mean, I think whoever. Whoever uh, asks for the ransom doesn't understand like the bureaucratic nightmare. Well, and with, it's like uh, it, city governments exist like, in.
5: <laughs> if you had somebody's wife and you were holding them ransom, you probably still would not be able to get four point three million or you know however much it was. Like
0: <laughs> yeah. the, the highest that's been paid is a million. That's like the record, you know. So they're going for over five times the current record from a random like city. With it's not like a major city. It's just a, like a. A city by virtue of the population. Yeah, I mean like if you <laughs> had like the city of New York or something,
5: then mean...
4: Yeah. Wait, do you think if you uh if you if you're ransoming Trump's wife that he would just um, pay it? Or do you think you're getting you one? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the insurance will cover that one, so <laughs>
5: Yeah, no, it's a terrorist
0: attack. Oh. <laughs> um but yeah, no, that's definitely interesting though. Um ransomware. People just getting greedy and losing out on money. I mean, I don't know. That's
4: interesting. I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> agree to pay. Like you know, in that situation, they probably it's it's risky to pay a ransom regardless. Well, absolutely, you pay it and then they wipe your boxes anyway. Lol. Like we said, um, that- I think one of the
5: yeah one of the things is that there is this guy, uh, the Dark Overlord, who who is actually relatively good at restoring data. After after ransoms, and he had a bunch of those kind of high-profile targets, but mm-hmm. in the vast majority of this kind of case, they they may not even have that data. Especially if it's like a worm, there's a pretty good chance they didn't make a backup, just because it's it takes a lot of effort to capture people's data and store it, and you know, give it back to them when they pay the ransom. Yeah, like, if you're hitting a hundred thousand boxes. Yeah, like you could just wipe it and you'll still get probably the same rough percentage of people paying ransom. There was a dude a, a couple of years ago, he was uh, saying that he could unlock any ransomware and like he would charge like on, like a couple of grand over what the ransom being asked was. But come to find out, he was just paying the ransom off and pocketing that extra money. Oh.
4: Yeah, that's a really I good scam. Yeah,
5: yeah. They said yeah. it wasn't illegal, that it was just like ethically fucked up. So they, uh, they like outed him and wrote like a big article about it. I'll try and find it real
0: quick. Yeah. And no, we had that in the notes yeah. one time. There's, there's companies, there's a couple companies that have been doing that in general. But yeah, there's like one off people like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, unlock it for this price.
2: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I think the, the main takeaway here is that, uh, it behooves you to have some sort of business skill or like, uh, Knowledge of your targets, right? When you're if you are to attack someone, uh, like very obviously, like whoever this is missed out on a lot of money by just not understanding like uh, basic negotiation tactics and like kind of what the city had or might not have had, yeah. Um, and it's it's I mean it goes back to right like soft skills are important no matter what you're doing. Uh, Whether you it's know, crime, if, yeah, crime, just general job stuff. Uh, this is like, one of those things where where yeah, whoever it was, uh, could have probably lived pretty comfortably if they had only uh, I find taken it almost, some time to to learn the soft skills here.
5: Yeah, I find it weird that they would have asked for that much in the first place. I mean, like unless the is their only target. You know, four hundred grand is a lot for a single like you know, a single entity to get it's just, it's just, and like like it unless they're that's their only target, then you know, they're still making a shitload of money off of it. Yeah. Absolutely. You, know, you hit like ten or fifteen organizations and get a couple hundred grand each. That's <laughs> that's funny.
2: Yeah. I mean also the City has a population of uh, 95,000 people. So you think about how much that is like yeah, it's not, from, it's not, e- it's from like, each person, like right, like like a, a single main what?
5: street town, most likely. That's Say
2: 9500 or 95,000 95, people. That's oh, okay. So that's a little bit larger. Yeah. 53 and a half bucks per person. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, excuse me.
4: <laughs> Do they spend that much on like clean drinking water or?
2: Yeah, exactly, right? Like, uh, we could have clean drinking water or we could pay this ransom, yeah.
4: (laughs) So uh, let's move on to the next one real quick.
2: Yeah,
0: the next one's pretty interesting. Um, So yeah, we've had a lot of news come out about Hong Kong in general. Everybody's been watching the situation. Um, But the next two stories we have here deal with what the government in China is trying to do um, and how people are reacting to it. So Hong Kong protesters um, have been using mesh networks um, in, in just in case there is a uh, internet shutdown. there's already been a lot of things being shut down is the next story we can discuss as well but um, yeah, it's interesting that they're trying to figure out other ways to use peer-to-peer networks to um, you know disseminate information because, you know, as long as a phone has that, there's no way unless you have rooted every phone, which I don't doubt that there's a capability of that being, that's the that's capability of the Chinese government. But um, for the time being, that is something that is very versatile for people who are in densely populated city centers who are trying to quickly send information to each other, um, which I think is uh, an interesting tactic to, to fight. I mean,
4: them. this reminds me straight up of the uh, net like I don't know you know like Whitey Crackers introduced introducing yeah. story of building the uh, mesh of smart devices to circumvent you know the government internet
1: if you yeah
4: listen to the story it's pretty sweet but uh this is the first thing I thought I was like yeah that's pretty damn cool like that people are getting together because people have built mesh networks in a lot of cities that are just sort of like point-to-point wireless and you know you can get onto this network but this is just like people with the device in their pocket linking to the person next to them you know and you build that big enough and you'll have enough exits to the internet That's going to be, you know, maybe you have to go out through Tor somewhere and imagine all those people going out through one exit node, but um, it's possible. Like, it's a very interesting thing to think about people like actively participating in.
2: Yeah. Well,
5: just seeing the Hong Kong protests going on, the uh, the level of creativity of people Like you know, using laser pointers to you know make it hard to shoot, hard to aim gas bombs, right? That kind of stuff is just really impressive to see. You know, Mm -hmm. the the, you see the kind of mob mentality happening sometimes. uh, Yeah, see people using all of their heads together to figure out techniques to do stuff. So
2: yeah, no, was uh, like someone said, it's some of the stuff they're they're writing. Or not the writing, but that they're doing. Uh, yeah, it's some real, real heads up stuff. Some people coming out of the woodwork. It uh, reminds me of like uh, Anarchist cookbook type, like version two type yeah. stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the another the next story that we have on here is in the same vein. Um, is this uh, private internet access VPN has been blocked in in Hong Kong now. Um, where so people who um, who don't who aren't familiar with it um, like there's the, the great firewall of China where there's a lot of um, censorship and blocking of, of various services but Hong Kong it didn't have that level of surveillance and um, control and so now um, this whole little article is about basically the Chinese government using um, their reach with the Great Firewall of China to um, basically do the same things they would do in mainland China and Hong Kong, which had previously been independent. So this is just kind of more of the encroaching um, levels of control that they're trying to to put on the people in Hong Kong um, because, yeah, previously people were able to just use VPNs, um, slowly just pulling these sort of things out. I mean, there's also been you know reports of services being DDoSed by China um, to prevent protesters from doing stuff. Um, so there's a lot of this really sketchy shit happening, which is very important to keep an eye on.
2: Yeah, I haven't... Oh. Sorry. You. Uh, I was going to say that uh, I haven't seen any stories about BGP hijacks in the last few days uh, from out of China. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see uh, what's been going on in that, in that area. Yeah. I mean, one of
5: the things that we've seen trying to do in the past is just like they have all of these devices like they don't even really need to, to censor stuff. They don't even need the PPP you know, to screw with it. They can just eat off the hell out of it. And shut but, uh,
4: out. Like, so th- but there's companies like um, PacNet, Pacific Internet, who's owned by, now by an Australian provider. And like a lot of their infrastructure is in Hong Kong, which again, like not behind the, the firewall or anything. Um, like, that was a, a strange acquisition. It actually came owned, like, the whole network was owned, apparently, when it uh, got handed over. But, um, but yeah, it's interesting that uh, the Chinese mainland trying to push, like, I'm not sure what percentage of the overall infrastructure they own in order to enforce this stuff, um, and that might be where the key come into it. You know, like, a, a, a Chinese primary school just happens to have a huge pipe DDOSing the shit out of like other
0: players. <laughs> exactly. Um. Oh, and shout us to uh, Upgrade Solution for subscribing. Thanks.
4: Upgrade's always big follow up. Shout
0: out man. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. I definitely. I mean, I'm interested in seeing what else comes out of China. I don't have too much confidence in the situation, though. It's just I don't know what could possibly happen, though.
5: <laughs> yeah, I think it's. It's going to probably get kind of ugly because, like, I mean, it already has, but you have a, a government that is very authoritarian in nature and has had a history of being pretty violent towards protesters, and they are trying to push their control over this country that has a crap load of people out in the streets trying to protest this. So I don't know. I think it's just going to keep getting worse, and we really weird and interesting
0: to see how that
4: resolves well yeah what was, uh, what was mg's comment you something like um like be the dystopian cyberpunk future that you want
0: to do, <laughs> that you want to, <laughs> want to see in the
5: world yeah oh my god yeah, yeah. china's really it's ticking a lot of the boxes there in terms of, like while it's so cool yeah. and the techniques and technologies they're pushing out there it's kind of still pretty scary
0: no, it's not, oh, it's not yeah. like a movie or a TV show. It's like this is people's literal reality, like an entire country's reality. Black Mirror <laughs> so, yeah. is just like a, like a
5: television stream.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. not meant to be a I guideline, mean, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah,
5: <laughs> that's, that's, the whole thing, like, that, that's the whole thing with dystopian fiction, right? It is meant to be precautionary or meant to be commentary on something that's going on. It's not meant to be like, this is how you control the people. <laughs> it's like the exact opposite of the idea for sure.
4: Yeah. i mean i i don't see any future <laughs> any future that is not
5: dystopian to be honest um well i mean the question is are we already there right? like, uh, it's not something that happens immediately it's something that slowly creeps in you know dystopia is a silent
4: thing definitely and i like i, I i'm definitely not uh, like i'm hopeful for the future but i'm also
5: uh <laughs> a little we're in a rough rough patch yeah <laughs> this well, yeah. is the, of the future
2: yeah the thing is right like especially like with the Hong Kong China solution or like situation uh China has a lot of money that like to be made right by controlling the like the area uh and it's, it's like
4: US bonds
2: yeah yeah right there's so much leverage like both politically and financially to be like squeezed out of this area that it came to the point where someone was like okay well it's now worth it to just you know sneak in over here uh
5: i mean like china has so much geopolitical power like they have so much in trade influence that you know they're on the u.n security council they they can basically do whatever they want to and other countries are not going to step in until (laughs) yeah
4: so that's the South China Sea incident where China claimed a bunch of islands, um, and basically they were like, "No, they're ours." There's a bit of dispute. They said, "Oh, we'll, we'll go to the UN then," and they did. And UN said, "No, China, you don't own them." They're like, well yeah, we do," and then they started building stuff on them anyway. Um, sketchy infrastructure at best, uh, like m- like military bases that kind of look like <laughs> residential, but not really. Um, and, and you know that's all like all of that region is south of where we're talking about um so i guess hong kong is very isolated and very close obviously if you, like you can drive you can drive across a bridge or something and be on like the mainland right or is it a ferry yeah i
2: mean it's it's real close either way yeah, yeah.
4: It's, it, it's like yeah neg- negligible in like the, the scheme of things so
2: yeah, I mean the point is, I mean you also see China doing things like just building, like just taking dirt and putting it in the ocean, like building more land, like right, just ex- just to expand their borders, like just that much more by just yeah. throwing throwing dirt into the ocean and like on the it's beach. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's literally like Wiley E Coyote shit, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh,
5: well, and, and it's you know it's kind of silly that type of thing but when you look at what China is actually doing to citizens especially like marginalized groups or journalists it, it really gets uh pretty concerned <laughs> you know it's like it's crazy to see some of the shit that's going on in China that has been just going I mean, on forever
4: what the, there's like a group of like uh Chinese who are like basically designated from birth as like organ donors live organ donors like I can't remember what the name of it is, but that's a whole, apparently a whole thing. I
1: don't really
0: want to get into it, but I guess people can control that shit. Yeah. Um, yo, so um, just because we are like probably running out of time a little bit, um, talk about uh, the last two things here. Um, this ESP8266 and ESP32 hacks uh, are pretty cool. The uh, first one, um, it just seems to be when they send out a beacon frame, um, you can overflow. The, uh, the amount, uh, or you can put a number in the uh, AKM uh, suite count for uh, the authentication key management stuff. Uh, if it goes too big, um, then you can just crash the system with it. If you said one single key frame or uh, beacon frame and, uh, or probe response and you can destroy, the, uh, you can crash the ESP um, and people are, I guess, trying to research some other uses for that. Um, but the other ones were for um, were bones in uh, EAP um, that you could use to hijack uh, encrypted sessions uh, with Wi-Fi, which is, um, yeah. I mean, if you have an ESP and anything, there's there are a few uh, commercial products that use ESPs in them. Um, and I don't know how they'd get a firmware update <laughs> to deliver to them because they're usually pretty bespoke.
4: There's an OTA. So if you use like free RTOS or something on them, you can do OTA updates to ESPs. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that is a thing, but it's I don't know how reliable it is.
2: Yeah, is like can versus implementing like implemented
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen some random random devices that are just a ESP that is hooked up to a microcontroller board, and That's it's true. not really yeah, it's too crazy. They're just they're trying to connect to some Wi-Fi. And then once you configure it, you basically you do the same thing. They have a little tiny captive portal that you use to configure the Wi-Fi on like the device. And then boom, you just uh, connect it to your Wi-Fi, and all of your laws are going to China. Um, but yeah, that's like a thing. <laughs> so if you have anything like this or if you use ESPs or if you develop stuff with ESPs, definitely uh, update the firmware on them. This is like one of the times that you actually really should. Um, but there's
4: also like, uh, like this ape thing as well. Like it can be conf- like, negotiated through a rogue AP as well Mm -hmm. Um, and I believe that was more than exploiting the EAP protocol though right like Mm -hmm. but uh the interesting thing about it is how many ASPs do you know are connecting to like EAP networks like zero
0: yeah so I think there's got to be like a couple of products that might just have this sort of thing in it who knows? But this just goes to show that there are still things that can be found in ESP stuff that we should be updating. These stuff or this stuff because having things and products that get rolled out as IoT products and somebody just has to open it and sees the lovely little uh, expressive logo on the chip will know that they can uh, hit it with these random weird bugs.
4: I think the I think Expressif had updated. The library but not updated the package that the like arduino package thing downloads but i mean please yeah if, but, if you can try and learn how to program these without the arduino thing because it's that's pretty bad
0: well i mean realistically though you just need to have it to be uh you can download it your own firmware like bin file and then just toss it on there to flash it there's like yeah. a couple of different scripts for that so i don't i don't know how much that firmware itself relies on Arduino packaging stuff, but I would definitely check that out too. Yeah,
4: Thank it was a mention that it was needed to be patched there, so I got it not in this article, I don't think.
5: I think the silver lining, I might be thinking of something else, is one of these things is triggerable with like malformed probe requests. So next con you have where everyone's being annoying with those little D authors just kind of break a few of them. <laughs> oh, gosh, be like the uh, the Wi-Fi pineapple thing where somebody was breeding people's pineapples. Yeah, very cool oh, things. I mean, it's not like a, a perma brick. you just like, you know, reflash it probably or like get a new bootloader on it, but you can, yeah.
4: Was it, uh, I think it was at, sh- I want to say Sharkon or something where the badges had a vulnerability and people made a, like somebody like built a botnet out of it and runs, like bad hoc badges.
5: Oh man, cool. exploit dev while you're at a conference for the badges of that conference is pretty high standard. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <Well>, they
4: were <laughs> yeah, uh,
5: pretty cool. Pretty, pretty flashing firmware on people's badges as well.
4: Good stuff.
0: Yeah. So, the last story we have of the night um, this California man was sentenced for buying a chemical weapon on the dark web. Um, Not Florida light- man? <laughs> right? No, not Florida man this time. Um, Florida man was busy making and manufacturing the <laughs> chemical weapon.
2: Actually, <laughs> surprising.
0: So, yeah, this person had been um, basically talking on uh, a dark web forum asking for a specific chemical to uh, murder his wife. And they purchased oh. this chemical from an undercover federal agent. Um, hmm. And they had asked a bunch of questions about, you know, how they're gonna send it. They're just very, very incriminating. Like there's no like way around it. Like, uh, oh, I was just looking at it. Like, it's like, uh, do you use these specific labels for it? Or do you, you know, like how many vials can I get from you? Like, just very, very <laughs> specific, uh, maliciously in- intended uh, requests. Let's work, on
5: a, let's work on a 120 pound person. <laughs> yeah, right? like, How many milligrams?
2: Can I get I five actually, pounds of uh me. wife murder juice? Thank you. <laughs>
4: I've pasted a relevant link into uh, some British humor into uh, the Twitch chat. I suggest you watch it after the show. And it's basically this. Um,
2: Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah.
4: Do you do poison? Um, How do I expose my wife without compromising myself?
2: I mean, can I somehow
4: paint the poison on a surface like a keyboard or door handle? Would it evaporate? holy shit this guy, like, yeah no
0: it's it's like very very specific stuff um it's just interesting though um i guess people are just i don't know that that's a very extended reach for the i guess dark web markets is, is you know <laughs> poisons but that's
1: interesting though i mean the, the battle that- to me is he's fucking former paypal employee
2: damn but if Wait, you what? Would-
4: the, the person was a former PayPal employee? Yeah, oh,
1: this yeah. is in the article.
5: <laughs> oh. oh, man. Yeah, no, I mean, you got to feel kind of bad for the, uh, the, the, you know, undercover FBI agents or whatever, whose entire job is to just hang out on dark web forums. It's like, I just can't imagine that that would be a particularly interesting thing to do.
0: Oh, no. You'd also probably uh, see some... Interesting, but
5: just very depressing.
0: Yeah the, yeah, the interest turns into despair very quickly in that kind of forum. Well, it's yeah. also like
5: if, if you could imagine that if somebody, like if somebody is using a dark web forum, um, and the FBI is aware of it, like they can probably get everybody on the forum.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. Like,
5: right. I'd imagine that they can nab just about everybody. Uh, so I wonder how people defend against that.
4: I, I, it's a little bit of the case of like people who are on the dark net often like people who use Tor or like, do you remember uh, I use Tor all the time? You clean net People are weird. Mm-hmm. Yes. There was that person that came into our Slack and was like, I, I always hang out on Tor. You guys are so weird. It's like, it's actually weird to always hang out on Tor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> not to mention like, that was like one of the, uh, right. It's one of those Government spying programs was like, oh yeah, like indicators that this person is someone we're watching. Like, oh, they have ever used Tor. Oh yeah,
5: yeah.
4: They only use, like, they only use Tor. That's funny. Yeah.
5: Well, I think part of the thing with Tor is it's, uh, you know, vulnerable to timing attacks if you're using it on a wireless network that might not be exclusive. I mean, there's there's
2: a, a laundry list of of shit.
5: Um, but so like part of that is the more used use tour, the harder it would be to associate a timing attack. But honestly, like, I'm surprised that there's not a, I, had, I looked around a little bit. I didn't see any scripts or anything that just generate fake traffic. Seems like that would well, be
2: a good way to do that. I'm- there's a lot of stuff, but like this is once again, this is just a case of like, hey, send me to my address, wife murder juice. Right. Yes. Uh, you're... <laughs> yeah. yeah it I don't think it's like network or...
0: traffic spoofing or anything like that, or pattern pattern spoofing. Right. Yeah. It's just like here's like, my. Like, Hi, yeah. this is my wife's name. Uh, do you have any specific poisons for somebody with his name, like in Bill? Uh, or... It's like
5: the same. Uh, it's the same deal as like when people you know commit a crime and get Bitcoin, and they're like, oh, sweet, it's anonymous. But now, what do you do with it? I've <laughs> yeah, got to cash it out somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah. To actually reap the benefits in real
4: life. Yeah. The <laughs> hardest part about financial crime is taking the money.
0: Yep. Sure is. Well, hey, um, it's about 11 o'clock over here in America slash New York time zone. Um, I think we should probably call it a night, but I definitely did dug this sort of news yeah, oriented cool. thing where we could expand it like a bit it. further because. Um, we tend to kind of uh try to stuff a lot into two hours, which is a long time, but we definitely I feel like we might feel like we run out of time sometimes. Um so we might have to experiment a bit more with trying to get some of these and inviting some people who have done some of the things that we talk about onto our show because we've run out of time at times as well to do that. Um so yeah, if you anybody here uh, who's listening has any opinions, um, you can add us on Twitter and tell us whether or not you dug a uh, a news focused show. Uh, we might be able to try to do um, less guests and have it for maybe more special occasions and um, try to maybe do more news-oriented and longer um, deep dives into stories. Um, I guess the, yeah. uh,
4: the Thug Crowd uh, Twitter account is probably a good suggestion box um, for, you know, send a DM and uh, it may or may never get read. I don't know. It,
0: it may may not end up on Reddit for some reason. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So actually, we I, I forgot to put this into the notes, but uh, we have r slash Thug Crowd. So if anybody wants to join that and share links to it or ask us silly questions, um, go for it. Uh, Dade, shout out to Dade for starting that for us. Um, but yeah, I'm we're gonna try to use it a bit more. Um, just to aggregate some links because there's a lot of good stuff that gets shared on there. And also, we have to kind of look at we We end up finding a bunch of our, our screenshots that we post, uh, just kind of reposted on Reddit uh, and like Master Hacker with like a bajillion upvotes. And we're like, damn it. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's good. Shit. Um, also, like, yeah, let us know uh, who, who from the news, where just in general you'd like to have, like to see on. Uh, yes. Yeah. like there are so many people there are really just so many people uh hard to hard to figure out who and when and what and where but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
4: and if, if you want to be a guest then you're probably not going to be a guest if you were a <laughs> already a speaker, <laughs> if, if if you already actually have something to talk about that's not uh ddos related it's not you know uh not mirai variants or if you have an interesting topic we would like to talk to you but uh I'm sure you know who
2: you are. Must have yeah. at least twenty letters worth of certificates. Yes, <laughs> twenty is amateur
0: out. No, we definitely want to have. If anybody, as I said before, if anybody wants to submit more write ups, we'd love to read them and and go over them on the air. Um, uh, you know, have more time to just deep dive into some different write ups and things. If you want to talk about a write up, you're done. We can definitely work it out too. Um, but yeah, definitely want to be a bit more community focused. So. Um, Thanks, everybody, for listening and always uh, sticking out, hanging out with us. Yeah. Um, does anybody have anything else to say before we uh, get off the air?
4: Uh, up and get a lawyer for Dan.
1: Bugs, not drugs. Don't
5: buy poison.
2: Gated
1: <laughs> crime. Shout out to Lumpus and Splats.
5: Oh, shit. I never changed my name from UK Drillers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shout-outs to everybody but UK Drillers. Yeah, DDoS
0: just is not cool, so...
2: Yeah, the one shame on that. you, United Kingdom Drillers.
4: <laughs> BST plus zero the time zone nobody gives a shit about.
0: Oh, also, uh, one more thing in the show notes. Check out in the cheat codes. Check out Kexec had released the the write up for how they've been hacking all the signs around the world. Um, Pretty so funny. They put that in Pastebin. So definitely take a look at that because that's um, that's really interesting. We'll be. Uh,
4: we appreciate the shout out as well. There's a Thug Crowd shout out in there, but please, uh, we didn't. Don't implicate us in
0: yeah. your. Yeah. We definitely had nothing to do with it, but it was interesting for sure. They actually did something that I thought was. They actually did something I had an, a different idea of what they were doing. Um, but